Please turn to Romans chapter 5. We read verses 1 through 11 in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man some would, would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these words that you have given to us by the inspiration of your Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would sanctify us in your truth. Your word, O God, is everlasting truth. Guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. How many of you like watching infomercials on television? I don't see any hands, and I'm not a bit surprised. Some of the buzzwords in those commercials, it might be selling something different, but how many times do you hear, and there's more, right? <laughs> you thought it was two steak knives? No, it's four steak knives. You thought it was four steak knives? No, it's not four steaks and And that's not all, right? And it always concludes just pay shipping and handling. And you wonder how much shipping and handling is, right? It covers all the extra steak knives you've got. All those infomercials. Wow. If you look at what Paul says is ours by faith, you get the sense that he is amazed by all that God has given us. And he uses some of those phrases, those kinds of phrases like, that's not all, there's more. <laughs> and he tells us very clearly that all of this comes through Jesus. Did you notice how many times you saw those phrases, through whom also, and we exalt, and not only this, much more than, and not only this. It's just like he can't say it enough. He is listing all the blessings that we have in Jesus, and it's just like he can't stop. There's more. There's more. There's more. So what do we have through Jesus? What do we have today because 
Jesus has come. I'm going to abandon my three-point outline. Someone teased me about that the other day. It's going to be four points today. It could be more if I get on a roll here. Notice, first of all, through Jesus, we have peace with God. Verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the kind of peace that Paul is referring to here is not so much a peace within, right? Although we have that too in Jesus. What he's talking about here is having peace with God. It is peace in terms of our relationship with God. It is the peace of reconciliation. And we are no longer at war with God. Paul makes it clear in our text that by nature we are at war with God. Notice all the words he uses to describe our sinful rebellion. Verse 6, he says that we are ungodly. Verse 8, he says that we are sinners. Verse 10, he even uses the word enemies. Most people don't like to think about the fact that we, by nature, are enemies of God. And that is why we need Jesus. That is why we need to be reconciled, because by nature, we are God's enemies. Look at what Paul says in verses 10 and 11. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Now, that's a long word, but it's a beautiful word, isn't it? When you are at odds with someone, you need to be brought back together. You need to be reconciled. And that's exactly what Jesus did. We who were at odds with God, we who were enemies of God, brought back to Him through Jesus. And notice Paul says that this is a present possession, right? He says we have now received the reconciliation. We don't have to wait until we die to find out if we made it. <laughs> How many people think that? I won't know until I die if I've really made it. That's not the scriptural teaching of salvation. We now have the reconciliation. In verse 1, he says, we have peace with God. That is a present possession. You can know that you have eternal life today. That's the good news, isn't it? We now have reconciliation. We now have peace with God. And that's not all, right? There's more. <laughs> Through Jesus, we also have access to God. Verse 2, Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. The word translated introduction in the New American Standard is often translated with the word access. And every time this word is used in the New Testament, it describes how the believer can come into the presence of God. 
Because of that reconciliation that Jesus provided for us, we have access to God. Now, that would have been a foreign understanding to the Jews in the Old Testament. That anyone would have access to God? Hardly. It was just the high priest, right? On the Day of Atonement, one day a year, where the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies and have access to God. So a Jew, hearing what Paul says here, with that Old Testament background, would say, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. How on earth could we, as sinful human beings, not being the high priest, be able to have access? to God. But that's what Jesus provided, access to God. Listen to Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, get that, that is his flesh, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Through the veil. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? There was that veil that separated the people from the Holy of Holies. That veil was cut in two from the top to the bottom. Now, I wouldn't argue about this if you disagree, but it seems to me that from the top to the bottom, God is saying that I am reaching down to you. I am providing salvation for you. And now the veil is torn and you have access into the very presence of God. How many of you have a fob? You know what a fob is? Okay, I got a fob here. If you don't have a fob, you can't get into this building Hardly ever. We got it open for you to come this morning because Jesus died for you and you can come. But if you don't have this, you don't have access. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have access into the presence of God. That's why we need him. Because he has entered within the veil. The veil was torn in two. His blood shed allows us to come into the presence of a holy God. Sinful human beings having access to God all because of Jesus. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father. And that's not all. Through Jesus, we exalt in hope. Look at verse 2. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Perhaps the best commentary on what Paul means by the glory of God is found in Romans 8 where he repeatedly uses words like glory and glorified. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs 
also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The glory of God in which we exalt is the completion of our salvation. It's when our bodies are redeemed and our struggle with sin is gone and we receive then our inheritance as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Just think of that. You and I are getting older. Some of you look really old. No, you don't. We're getting older, aren't we? And one day, these bodies are going to stop. They're going to quit running. But guess what? You know, Jesus, you're going to get a new one. A brand new body. A resurrected body. And Peter describes this as our living hope through the resurrection of Jesus to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you. I don't know if your name is written on it. Maybe so. But it's reserved for those of you who've put your trust in Jesus. And it won't fade away. It is undefiled. And then Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. When we are sure of a heavenly inheritance, an inheritance that will never fade away, it makes a difference in the way we live. He says we greatly rejoice in our living hope. Or as Paul puts it, we exult in hope of the glory of God. Now this doesn't mean that the trials of life will be easy. They aren't. In fact, Peter says that we are distressed by various trials. Sometimes they are very difficult. They are very hard. But Peter says when we live in light of the hope we have in Jesus, it helps us to put it all in perspective. That this world is not our home. This is just temporary. For a little while, he describes it. And as you get older, you look back and you say, life is a little while, isn't it? It's just like a a vapor. I think of being in my 60s now, I thought, how in the world did that happen? How did that happen? Just a little while. But then it will be worth it all when we see Jesus, right? Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. Now they seem large, don't they? Sometimes the trials of life seem so big, so hard, so difficult. When we see Jesus, it'll put it all in perspective. And that's why Paul says we exult, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
I remember one lady, said, one lady saying, you know, when I get to heaven one day, she said, there's a few things that I'd like to ask the Lord. And then she paused and she said, you know what? I don't think it will matter then, will it? I said, no, I don't think it will. We're going to sing that song in closing. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. We exalt in, in hope of the glory of God. And that's not all. This one is more challenging. Through Jesus, we exalt in our tribulations. Verse 3, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Now, when you read that, it's just like, hmm, really? How many of us can say we consistently exalt in our tribulations? That is hard, isn't it? That is a challenge. When those trials, those tribulations come, and we, we think of verses like James 1, count it all joy, my brother. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Much easier to avoid tribulations and trials if we can. God, get me out of this. I mean, that's often our prayer. Lord, this is hard. But Paul says we exalt in our tribulations. Not because of what we feel. Clearly not because of what we feel. But Paul says we exalt in our tribulations because of what we know. And there's a difference, isn't there? Sometimes what you know is not what you feel. He says we exalt in our tribulations, verse 3, because we know that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character... And proven character, hope. In other words, God is able to bring good out of the trials and tribulations of life. And I'm sure all of us can probably look back and say, you know what? That was a tough time in my life. But I can see now what God produced in me. Character, perseverance, hope. Not that we'd want to go through that again, but often looking back, looking back, we can see, okay, God, I see your hand of work here to, to, to mature me, to develop my trust in you. Paul says, knowing this enables us to view these trials in a, in a little different light than without that knowledge. Now, many people have trouble with the idea of rejoicing in our trials because they see trials as a sign that, that God doesn't really love them. That God doesn't really care about them. If God really loved me, this wouldn't have happened. Or if God really loved me, life wouldn't be so hard. Notice how Paul reminds us that God really loves us. Verse 5, He pours His love into our hearts. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I love that picture. God doesn't use an eyedropper 
Right? When He gives you a little, just a little drop of His, his love. He pours it. And I love that word. Joseph Thayer says to pour means to distribute largely. <laughs> Strong's Concordance says to gush out. So God gushes out His love, pours it into your heart by the Holy Spirit whom He has given. So in the midst of the the trials of life, the Holy Spirit gives us that powerful inner assurance that God still loves us. Have you experienced that? Going through difficult times and God has just ministered to you in such a marvelous way like He just poured His love into your heart. That's the work of the Spirit. Evidence that God loves us. Verses 6 through 8, God proves His love at, at the cross. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if we ever question whether or not God loves us, Paul says, look at the cross. Take a look at the cross. You were helpless. You were ungodly. You were sinners. And God gave His Son for you. He sacrificed His Son for you. That's how much He loved you. He gave His Son for you. Think of what that means. Does that become so commonplace to us that it no longer moves us? Oh yeah, I already know that. I hope not. When you meditate on what God did to give His Son for you to die for you to take your sin to the cross, how would we ever doubt that God loves us? God so loved the world. God loved the world in this way. That He gave His only begotten Son. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a, a political prisoner in Russia. And he told of a moment when he was on the verge of giving up all hope. Twelve-hour work days, hard labor, living on a starvation diet, and he had become so seriously ill, the doctors thought he was going to die. One afternoon, while shoveling sand under the blazing sun, he simply stopped working. And he did so even though he knew the guards would beat him severely, perhaps kill him. He just didn't think he could go on. And then a friend of his came along with his stick, and in the stick in the sand, he drew a cross. And then he brushed over it. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn said it was like the gospel of Jesus just flooded his soul. And that's what gave him the the courage to endure that difficult day and the months of imprisonment that followed. The love of God demonstrated in the cross is what enabled him to go on. Is that the hope you have today? The hope that Alexander Solzhenitsyn had? If you know Jesus, that's the hope He gives. 
All the blessings that Paul refers to in our text, they come through Jesus. Through Jesus we have peace with God. Through Jesus we have access to God. Through Jesus we exalt in hope. Through Jesus we find the strength to endure those troubles. Through Jesus we are blessed beyond all measure and it's free. No cost for shipping and handling. It's all free. Now, I don't know about you, but when you buy something, do you like to read reviews? Huh? What are other people saying about this? How many of you read reviews, right? When you buy something, you do you check four plus star reviews? Huh? Read. What are people saying about this? Well, let's, let's read a review of what is said about this. The review of the author, Paul, who wrote this. Listen to what he says, 1 Timothy 1. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because He considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy. Because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. There's a trustworthy review. (laughs) What did he say? The grace of our Lord Jesus was more than abundant. That's a five-star review, right? And if that grace was more than abundant for a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent aggressor, then it's abundant, more than abundant for you too. More than abundant. So let me ask you, will you come to Jesus today? Will you receive by faith all that He has to offer? What is faith? It's simply saying, Lord, thank you. I receive what you've given for me. To as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe on His name. Through Jesus, we are blessed beyond measure. (laughs) Blessed beyond measure. And all you need to do is to receive Him as your Savior and Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for the peace You bring for the access into the very presence of God, for the hope of the glory of God, as well as even in the midst of the trials of life. Lord, you are there. You give us hope. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood that we might be forgiven and have a right relationship with the Holy God. Lord, do your work in our lives today. Encourage and strengthen, draw us to Yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.